God's favorite. Reagan's over there. <laughs> Self-proclaimed God's favorite, actually. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? You know what's cool about our church? Besides a lot of things. You know, when things don't go like they're supposed to, it's okay. We just keep going. You know, that's one thing this ministry has taught us, because even like when we were downtown, it was there was always something jacked up all the time. So we always had to think on our feet and had to just go with the flow. It's like everybody's like, well, how do you guys do all this? And I was like, well, God's in control, and we're just doing our part. So if things don't sound right or whatever, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We don't let it affect us. If Whatever, it's going to be okay, right? Uh-huh. You guys have a good week? Everybody have a good week? Yeah, it was a good week, wasn't it? Kids are probably going, oh, man, i got to go back to school pretty soon. <laughs> Summer's running out. All right, will you guys pray for me real quick, and then I'll pray for you, and then we'll get started. Father God, we just thank you again. We thank you for those that are gathered tonight, and we pray that you'll be with the people that aren't here tonight, Lord, if they're sick or they're traveling or whatever they're doing, God, just be with them. Um, be with us tonight as we uh, speak tonight, God. Just be with me. Help me control my thoughts. And uh, I just pray tonight that this message will land on some soft hearts, God. I pray that there's ears to hear and eyes to see. So we just thank you, Jesus, in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so my first question. Are you growing or are you complacent? Think about it right now. Think about your spiritual walk right now. Where are you at with it? Is everybody growing? That's good. That's good, right? How many people prayed today? At least once. Wow, look at all the hands. That's awesome. How many people read today? You guys are growing. Amen. That's awesome. That's what we're supposed to do, right? And then we worship. I didn't hear everybody singing, though. Some slackers in here. So come on, man. Uh, so are you growing or complacent? So we're going to go to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. You guys know Peter. I think we could all kind of relate to him the way he is. Uh, sometimes he shot his mouth off when he shouldn't have. And he, but God still chose him to do mighty things. Amen. And that's he's what he's done for us. If, if you've said yes to God, you're, you're chosen. You're chosen. You're God's possession, right? Okay, so this was written about three years after 1 Peter, and this was shortly before his death. As a reminder, as it goes on in the chapter, he's talking about, I write these things to remind you again. In my absence, remember these things. Keep learning. Keep growing. This whole thing is about growing in your faith, right? It's just like the fire. You have to put wood on the fire to keep it going, right? You have to water the plant to keep the plant going. Speaking of plants, I'm having trouble with tomatoes this year for some reason. I tried to put them in a container, which was against what I wanted to do, but my wife's like, hey, let's try it in the containers. I'm like, no, nah, put them in the ground. They're easier in the ground than in the container. Well, they're struggling. So they're taking a lot of maintenance to keep them going which is like our faith. We have to maintenance our faith, keep it going, right? We want to grow, keep growing. So the letter starts out, it says, Greetings from Peter. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith that we have. 
So if you said yes to Jesus, we all have the same faith, right? So in verse, uh, it says, This faith was given to you because of the justice and the fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Amen. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. You know, there's a lot of believers, they, don't, they want the abundant grace, but they don't want to do what it takes. They think once saved, I can just sit, put my chair on my cruise ship, and just do nothing. It doesn't work that way. We have our part to do too, right? We're supposed to study. It says grow in your knowledge, and Peter writes quite a bit about that. So how do we grow? We read, we worship, we listen to worship music, we meet up, we come to these groups and things like that, and, and we're in the community and things like that. Remember, we represent God, right? That's the whole goal. We're supposed to have the same attitude here as we do out there, or I should say vice versa, out there as then we do in here. We're representing God. So even in the tough times, the really hard times, when you're at your wit's end, you still have to be self-controlled. That's what the whole, this whole thing is about. It's about self-control. Remember, we're supposed to be a reflection of God. We want to draw closer to God. And as you grow closer to God, it's easier to deal with those situations. They're never easy, but it gets a little easier. You can draw on the power that was given to us. So the header here says, growing in your faith. It says, by his divine power, by his power, not ours. Because in the natural, we can't do it. We would pop off. We would cut that person off. Maybe even some hand gestures. Maybe we want to fight the guy. Those things still come up from time to time. Right, David? I know you're driving a dump truck and people get in your way and things like that. He's like, aggravation comes in, but you can handle it. Lord, help me. Just, Lord, give me strength to deal with these people, right? That's the only way you can do it is by his divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. He gives you everything. All you have to do is tap into it, right? Tap into his power. We share in the divine power. That's the best part. We share, we share the same divine power that he has. And his power keeps us. If we're growing our faith, it's going to keep us from wanting to sin and to Stay away from our evil desires. Because when you're not walking in the faith, those evil desires come up, those temptations come up. First thing you do is you start doing them again. If you're walking in the spirit, you're less apt to do that. So as we, we have received all of this by the coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and his excellence. His excellence, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by the human desires. Isn't that a great promise? If you're walking with that, then you're going you're to be able to escape that. Like I said, if we live walking in the spirit, we are God's chosen people. If you said yes to Jesus, you're a royal priest. A holy nation. We can show his goodness to other people because of what he's done for us, right? You guys with me? All right, let's go to James 127 real quick. 
it says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God. The father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So back then, the orphans and the widows were kind of outcasts. They were kind of economically challenged. So they had the family would step in, and if the family didn't step in and help them, then they would end up begging or even selling themselves into slavery so they could get what they needed. What I think is great is like he's telling us to take care of the orphans, help these people, God's people, help these people. We are to serve others. We're supposed to be committed to Christ and not the world, right? We live in this world, which is hard from time to time. And it seems like it's getting harder and harder against the Christians to walk the way we're supposed to because just because it's popular doesn't mean it's right. They're trying to trick you saying this is right. No, it's not. That's not according to what the Bible says we're supposed to act or judge people or things like that. But the media and everything else is popular, so they're making it seem like, Ed, we're the ones wrong. We're the ones right. So we stand up, right? We stand up for this stuff. So it's like, no, we're not budging on this. This is what we are doing. We are not to be conformed to the world or its value system, which is based on money, power, pleasure, all in greed, all these things it keeps telling you. You need this. You need that. Do this for yourself. You deserve a new car and this giant house that you can't afford. More, more, more. Exactly. That's what they're telling us. It's a lie. American dreams become American lie. You know, they make you think you need this stuff. You, every commercial is just about you. Here's what you need. This will make you beautiful. This will do this. This will do that. <laughs> it's funny because I've had customers that they buy these creams and stuff that they promise are going to do all this magic stuff to them, and it doesn't. And you see it in the trash can, and you're like, well, what happened there? That doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, well, that's like 80 bucks. You're just like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You ever buy stuff like that? It doesn't do anything that it claims to do. Any kind of medicine and stuff, it's the same way. It's like you never know from nowadays. It's all just the way they sell it. They trick you into thinking this is the magic, miraculous thing that's going to save you and do all this good stuff for you. So we don't conform to its value system. The money thing, power, and pleasure. I think pleasure is one of the biggest ones that kind of tricks us. It makes you think you need that big boat. You need to be at the lake and all this stuff every week. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as it doesn't become your idol, right? God doesn't mind us having stuff. Just don't make that boat where you're gone every week and you haven't been in church in four months the whole summer because you've been at the lake. You might have your problem then. You know, I've even had people say, <laughs> God love them like new Christians who do that. Oh, we'll just go to church while we're at the lake. No, you won't. It sounds noble, but it's not going to happen. You know, you hear that all the time. Or we're going to drive back Saturday night. We'll be there before it starts. No, you're not. It sounds good. But you're choosing pleasure over being with God's people. When you do it over and over, it's, it's okay to do it every once in a while. But when it comes to habit, you have a problem. You have things, your priorities are out of whack. So don't conform to the world the world's value system or its evil desires. 
Verse 6 says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. That's a higher standard, right? Moral excellence, that's a higher standard. This world is just all about depravity. It really is going to hell in a bucket. There's, there's no, no, no doubt about it. And even the song says they're going to enjoy the ride. Well, they're going to enjoy the ride all the way to hell. You know, if they're caught up in that and they don't, and they don't turn their lives around, you know, the common misconception is heaven's default. Everybody's going to heaven. No, they're not. <coughs> Scripture tells us, no, they're not. If you don't know Jesus, you're not going to heaven. It's black and white. No, I'm good. Thank you. I have one right here. Thank you, though. So we're to supplement our faith with generous provision, moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, meaning we have to take the time to know God, right? It's one thing to say yes to God, but now you've got to learn about God. Need to know his ways, know his expectations, things like that. And why wouldn't you want to if he saved you, right? He pulled you out of the mire, out of the pit, and put you on firm foundation, and you start growing, and things are good. Why wouldn't you want to get to know him? Amen? That's a giant amen there. It's like, thank you, God, for saving me from myself, if nothing else. So God wants us to produce his character. You know, the fruits of the Spirit are all His character. And when you're walking in the Spirit, then your fruits of the Spirit are going to grow, right? You guys get that? If you're walking in the Spirit, everything's going to grow. Your love, your patience, all, this, all the fruit that goes with that is going to be better. Faith is way more than just believing. Amen? We have our part. We have to act this thing out. So as we're doing this thing, you're going to be able to develop self-control. We're going to be able to handle the, the evil desires that come our way. If we're doing these things, it says, look what it says here in verse, verse 8, and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. We were just singing about how to love everyone. That's what we're called to do. And it can't, it's not supposed to be a fake love either. It's supposed to be a real, genuine love, just like Jesus loves us, we love others. Now, I know that's hard to do. I know that. But as you mature a little bit as a Christian, you will love people. <laughs> we met a guy yesterday that worked at the golf course we were playing at, and he was just bebopping, bebopping. Be <laughs> it was funny, but it was just like, man, poor guy just doesn't know. He just doesn't know. We're talking about the lake and this and that and the other, and he was just letting them fly. He had, he had no idea who we were, and we, was, we eventually told him, and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oops, and we're like, eh, it's okay, man, it's okay. But he was a nice old guy. The guy just didn't know. Nobody took the time to talk to him about it, you know, and that's our job. If you've said yes to Jesus, that makes you a minister. Minister the gospel to others, right? That's how it spreads around the globe. One person tells another. Somebody told you, right? Somebody told you. Somebody told me. Somebody told you. You wouldn't know if somebody didn't tell you, right? It's almost like the best kept secret. I remember when I first got saved, I'm like, well, how come everybody doesn't know this? Why am I like the last one to know? Come to find out I'm not the last one to know. It's like it's hidden, but it's not. It's right in front of you. 
It's all around you. You, you see the billboards all over. You see the, the, the T-shirts and the stickers and stuff everywhere about God. You see the, you're really starting to see the billboards saying, repent. I love those. There's a big one down by the city. It just says, trust Jesus, repent. Giant letters. You can't miss it. I'm thinking, you know, that probably makes people think a little bit, even if it's only for a minute. And if you see it over and over, maybe eventually you will, you know. But you can't say you didn't see it. That's the thing, because it's all around you. You don't have to look that hard. You see the church signs. You know, they have their little sayings and stuff like that. It's all around us. So it's our job as ministers to share, right? Has anybody shared lately anything at all? Even Jesus' love? Just a high five in Jesus' name? You know, we're all, most of us are in the public every day, right? Our jobs take us out. We, we see tons of people. And all we have to do is throw the seed out. We don't have to close the deal unless it's that time. One sows, one waters, one harvest. But you never know when it's that time. Because God puts people in your path every day, all the time. I remember hearing that and not quite understanding that. The first time it ever happened to me, I was at a QT. And I had $2 in my pocket. And I was using uh, my card to fill up the van. I'm filling it up. And this lady pulls up in this beat-up van that's barely running. <clears throat> and she says, excuse me, sir, do you have $2 for gas? I said, it's your lucky day. That's all I have is 2 bucks." So I gave her the $2. And, and she's like, well, she was downtrodden. You could tell she was on some really, really hard times. And she couldn't believe I gave her 2 bucks. And I was like, so she goes in to pay. And I felt this nudge, I swear like a little nudge, like, really? That's all you're going to do is two bucks? Okay, okay. Now I know what people are talking about when that thing comes on you. He was speaking to me. So I, I, I put, she goes, I'm going to the airport. And I started laughing. I said, that van is not going to make it on two bucks. So I used my card and I put like $25 in it. And she starts crying. And then I got to share with her. And she goes like, I went to church. But they look down on me because of the way I dress or the way I look or something like that. I'm like, hey, God's not in that. God loves you as you are. And I just happened to have an extra Bible in the van, gave her a Bible, and she's just crying. I was like, <laughs> I was like for, that was probably for me more than her, but I was just like, thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity. And it was one of my first times, too, sharing by myself. So I was like, all right, I, I think I passed, God. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> Nothing else, I felt really good. And it wasn't because of what I did, it was what he did. It showed me what it's like to share. And I, I was like, you won't believe this. You won't believe this. So yesterday, out on Bryan Road, there was a group from, uh, it was, I can't remember the name. But they have a place in the city, and they were just taking donations for their ministry. Come to find out, it's an addiction center. And it's free. So I'm reading the thing, and I'm like, man, you hear about these scams all the time. People can just print anything and go stand at the corner and collect money. But O'Fallon's pretty tight on that. They're not going to let beggars around for very long. So I'm going, well, they must be somewhat legitimate, or the police had already run them off. So <laughs> I really only had a dollar, and I only took cash. So I'm like, dude, I am so sorry. I only have a dollar. And he's like, brother, you won't believe how many people pass down this road and didn't give us anything. They sit here at the light, they look at us, and then they drive off. So I gave him a Misfit card. I just happened to have one of those, too, which we need to order some more of those, by the way. So I gave him a Misfit card, I, and I'm going around the corner, and I hear this, Hallelujah, brother! He's waving to me. I was like, you think I'd have given him a gold brick or something? He was so excited. I was like, 
So I went back to my office, and I, there was a phone number on there. So I called him. I said, I have to see if it's legit. And it is legit. And I was like, you won't believe this. We're a recovery church. And there are people who come in here sometime that are still high, looking for somewhere to go. And I was like, I found somewhere to go. That's free. And she's like, hey, if they're really, really serious and you don't have a way there, we'll provide a way there. I'm like, what? She goes, oh, yeah, it's, this is why we do our fundraisers. And what you saw was a fundraiser. And I was like, okay. So this is really re legit, right? And she's like, yeah. I was like, okay. So I kept her number. And I'm thinking, just a little probing. And, and just God's working all around us, you know? And it was so good to see because we love having different places that we could send people to, too, because not everybody wants to leave state, although there is one in Houston that you can go to, and they will provide a way down there, too. She's like, we'll get a bus or a plane if they're really serious about their addiction and they want to get off the addiction. It's Christian-based, but the thing is, it's 90 days. I was like, well, 90 days is easy because most of these places are a lot longer than that. And she's like, it's free. We'll help them out. And we also put them to work, which I thought was really good because you hear about these places where all they do is just sit around all day and go to meetings. They don't teach them anything. It's like, okay, now that you're not high, what are you going to do? You don't have a work ethic. You know what I mean? We've seen a lot of those guys come along too. It's like, okay, now you're clean, but you're still not working or anything, and you should be because that's what we should do. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Right? That's the problem with America right now is we're giving all this stuff away. <laughs> that almost slipped, sorry. <laughs> but I'm like, if everybody would get back to the way it was, man, we could, we could get this thing under control in a hurry if that's God's plan. That's the thing. He's in control. Sometimes it looks like he's not, but I understand that he is, and we just walk this thing out, right? But we're to love everybody. Love everybody. Just have a genuine love. And if they don't love you back, that's okay. It's okay. And it's not easy to love everybody. But if we just show them a little love and let Jesus handle it, you'd be surprised what will happen. There are tons of people that sometimes all they want is somebody to just listen. Just listen. You don't even really have to say a whole lot. Just let them talk. Maybe pray with them. And don't be afraid to do that either. Just show them a little love. That's all you have to do. You've met tons of people doing the pantry thing, right? You get to pray with them, and you probably see the people change while you do it, right? <laughs> Amazing, right? Go Jesus. That's what he does. So we're supposed to love everybody. All right, let's go to uh, Romans uh, 12 real quick. Romans 12, 9 through 13. If you're there, say amen. amen. You guys cheated. It's on the board. Oh, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> My page is flipped here. Sorry. Okay. So don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. 
Never be lazy, but work hard and serve, serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve. That's what God's called us to do is serve. Serve. I love the crockpot. You guys like the crockpots? I love what people get. It's a way of, get, of serving, right? Because it is part of it. And we all enjoy what people bring in, right? That's part of serving. Plus, it makes you part of something when you participate. Part of the family. We kind of get to celebrate a little bit, hang out, fellowship a little bit. So rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Keep praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. A lot of people are blessed here with hospitality. They really are. They really help each other. And it's not always they have to be in your home or anything, just, just helping each other when cars break down or, or whatever. I mean, that's part of being in the family. You get a little extra favor around here, right? Because we know people who are in trades and things like that can help one another. That's what we do. That's one of the benefits of being in the family is we help each other. And again, it says it takes effort to do these things. We're growing our faith by being hospitable Love like Jesus loves. So rejoice in our confident hope and be patient in trouble. But you can't be patient, which in a world that we live in today is always go, 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 go. You're not going fast enough. Just take it easy. Just slow down a little bit. Cut the people some slack, especially now because nobody wants to work. So everywhere you go, restaurants, things like that, you don't get the same service that you once did. Even banks, when you go to the drive through bank, you might be there for a while. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, there you go, see? <laughs> Not enough people to run them, probably. So cut them some slack. You know, and even the grocery store, same way. You look in and go, really? we got two people. Okay, going to be here a while. Just relax. Probably not going anywhere anyway. You know, but we're so used to getting things our way right now. Just go, 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 go. Cut people some slack. We're supposed to be patient with one another, honor one another, love one another, serve one another. Okay, where am I at here? Let's go back to Second Peter. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The more you grow. So are you growing or complacent? Complacency is one of the worst things that can happen to a Christian life. It just breaks everything down. You're not patient anymore. When you get complacent, you're not reading God's word. You're not listening to podcasts. You're not listening to God's word. You're not participating you're not going to have the divine power to deal with the situations anymore. You've gone cold, basically. It's in Revelation, it says he'd rather have you hot or cold instead of lukewarm. So don't be lukewarm. God doesn't like lukewarm. You're either with him or there's out. He'd rather have you hot or cold. But this precious gift that he's given us, we can't waste it. we got to grow it. Right? We do it by reading 
participation, things like that. Again, it takes effort. I found a few, few things on complacency. It's Well, it's, uh, one of the things, the Bible is clear about Christians. They're never standing still. You're either growing or you're backsliding, right? Think about that. You're either learning more or you're going backwards. You can't stand still because the world's going to get you and you're going to start pulling you backwards. That's a guarantee because I've done it I, I, from my own experience. Early on, you go to church to learn, but you get to a point you have to do something with what you've learned. You know, you can hear so many sermons, and they'll tell you, go out and serve, do something. Well, when I started serving, that's when my faith really started coming alive. I felt like I was part of the church. I was doing something. I was part of a whole new group of people that I never met. I put myself out there, which led to doing t other things. Because I would have never, back in those days, before we started going downtown, I would have never participated in something like that had I not already had a little bit of what I learned in church and things like that, I've been afraid of it. I want to say something too. If God has put something on your heart and it's weighing heavily on your heart, do it. No matter what it is, do it. Okay? Don't let the naysayers bring you down. Okay? Christina and I were talking about this today. This ministry, when we first started, the naysayers are going, what are you doing? It was like, you won't believe it, but God's told us to go down there and feed the homeless. Well, why do you want to do that? Let them take care of themselves. They're evil people. You, bad stuff will happen to you. You're bringing guns. You're doing all this stuff. You're bringing, no. God told us to just go down there. Serve. Once we started doing it, we started going every single week, serving the people. And then we started worshiping with the people. More and more people started coming. But if we would have listened to the naysayers, we wouldn't be here today. Right? It just grew. It grew from there out here to right city and then out here. But if every time we did something, there was always some naysayers going, why are you doing that? Why? Doesn't make sense. Well, working with God doesn't make sense sometimes. He just tells you to go. Just go. Just go and he'll lead you. You can't be afraid of going. Just go. Take a step out. Put yourself out there. You're going to be okay. And if God's not in it, you'll know right away if he's not. The door will close. But he always takes care of us. So don't be complacent. If he's got something on your heart, do it, no matter what it is. Some people are overthinkers. They just think and think and think and think and think, and they never do anything. <laughs> I've heard that before, too. They just, six, eight months of talking about the same thing, eventually they just don't do anything. I mean, you encourage them to do it. Go do it. What do you need? Well, I don't know just yet. I'm still working it out. <laughs> God says go. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll do it. Just step out. You know what? I guarantee if it's something small, fixing something for somebody, you're going to be blessed for doing it. I guarantee it. Don't worry the cost. God will take care of you. He always does. Always. So uh, the definition of complacency is feeling or being satisfied with how things are and not wanting to try to make them better. Self-satisfaction, right? You get to a point, you're going to church, everything's fine. Feel pretty good. God's rescued me. I feel pretty good. Things are happening. I'm just going to kick it on cruise control. Well, you saw what happened to the Titanic. <laughs> when they built that ship, they had plenty of lifeboats. 
But you know what? They thought there were so many lifeboats, it was kind of unsightly, so they took half of them off because the ship was unsinkable. Think about that. Unsinkable. Maiden voyage, down it goes. So you remember the tortoise and the hare story, right? Hare gets a long lead. He's like, I'm going to win this race. He's like, I'm, I'm tired a little bit. I'm going to take a nap. Takes a nap. Tortoise just goes on by and wins the race. He was complacent. That is the epitome of complacency, thinking everything's fine. You're self-satisfied. So you don't do anything to change what your current your situation that you're currently in. If you want it to change, do what you're supposed to, and God will help you. Now, it may take a while. Keep praying. Keep working on it. It's going to change. Things will get better. It's a promise. It's one of the promises that we have. The dangers of it causes us to live off our past victories. We should be looking forward to the next battle that God has for us, right? It's nice that you've, you have victory and enjoy the victory, but move on. Keep moving. We had this guy in our group years ago. He knew the Bible forwards and backwards and all that, but he, as he got older, he was doing less. He was basically just a talker. He'd come in. He was a pretty cool guy. But he always mentioned the stuff that he did like 25 years ago. <laughs> and he was proud of it. It was a good thing that he did. But <laughs> we said, well, so what have you done lately? I'm here, the group. I was like, well, that's great. But what are you doing besides that? Nothing. Well, don't give up. We're going to run this race all the way to the end. Amen? We press on. We don't give up. And that's the thing that we struggle with because when times get tough first thing we want to do is probably bail you have to admit it would be easier the struggle's hard christian life is completely backwards of the world right but we don't we have the divine power as word says we have the divine power some of the dangers affects our prayer life too we lose connection with god and then we lose connection with others it affects our relationships. If you're not praying or learning or anything, your relationships are going to suffer because that person's going to aggravate you where you don't, you can't take it anymore. When before, when they were reading and doing the right thing and you were reading and doing the right thing, you could probably talk about anything. But you go to speak truth in somebody's life that's not doing the right thing, look out. They're going to get upset at you. They're going to find flaws on you. But you know what? As Christians, we have the right to speak into other people's lives. If you're claiming to be a Christian, then act like one. And if somebody comes to you in love, and they're like, hey, man, uh, I've noticed this about your behavior, or I've noticed this about your attendance, or I've noticed this about that, they're only coming in love to help you. They're not attacking you. First thing, a, a person that, that's been away for a while, they're going to get angry. And they're going to say, well, they're going to use the scripture against you to look at the plank in your own eye. We can all say that. Right? So if you did that, then nobody would do anything, right? Because we'd all be worried about our own plank. But as Christians, if we're claiming to be, be one and act like one, we can speak into each other's lives. But when you do it, do it in love. Especially to somebody that's been away. They're probably, it's going to be rough around the edges with that person. They're going to be angry or whatever. But if you're truly coming in love, it's going to be okay. 
So if you're complacent, get going again. Scripture says get going. Don't sit around because when you sit around, bad things happen. You've heard the stories about David and what happened to him with Bathsheba, stuff like that. But you know what? He got complacent. He was supposed to be on the battlefield. He's like, I'm going to take a break. Exactly. I'm going to stay at home. Who knows? Might have had a few um, things to drink or whatever, relaxing, and then temptation comes. Let his guard down. But if he was doing the right thing, that would have never happened. Right? But we also know that God used David to do mighty things, too, even after that, even after the repentance and everything like that. He still used him. But still, it's a good example for us. So don't be complacent. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their sins. The old man's going to creep back or old woman's going to creep back if you don't feed the fire. That's a guarantee. If you just bail on God, guess what? He still loves you, and it's not about your salvation, but you're also giving up him helping you. He turned your back on him. Israel did it several times. He still loved them, but they also had to go through a lot of crazy things because they turned their back on God. So if you have turned your back on God, just come back. Just come back. We go through trying times. You know, it's one thing to rest, but it's another thing to completely bail. You know, rest is a good thing. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those that God has called and chosen. So if we're doing these things, our life should reflect it. They should know. Just, they should know you're different. They should know they're like, hey, I want what he has. They're different. And it's more than just behavior modification. It's real joy. It's real love for other people. Because we can tame our tongues for a little while and things like that in our own power, but eventually it's going to wear off. If you're not, if you're not fueling the fire, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go out. So work hard. Do these things and you will never fall away. means you won't backslide. If you're doing this, if you're walking in the Spirit every day, you won't fall away. Now you might stumble. That's probably going to happen. Most of us have been there and done that, right? And we're probably going to do it again. That's all part of the walk. Just like when you're in the woods or whatever, you trip over a tree root or whatever, you just keep walking, though, right? You don't give up. So keep going. This will keep you from falling away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the internal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, right? That's what we want. We want the grand entry, right? I want to hear, well done, my faithful servant. That's going to be great. I hope I hear, I hope I hear that. <laughs> God is good, amen. You know, this walk is not easy, guys. And it seems like, although, like I said, as you mature in your faith, it does get a little bit easier because a lot of things that come up, you can just let it go. Just like Annette was talking about, let it go. You've already learned it. Forgive them, for they may not know. Just let it go. Let it go. 
And like Alfred mentioned in his prayer, like, God, we bring things to the cross. I always joke with God sometimes. I'm like, God, I hear, here's another wheelbarrow stuff I'm dumping at the cross. I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm not going to fall for these temptations. I'm not going to fall for these attitudes or whatever it may be. Just unload it and let it be. And it's just like addiction. If you've been freed from it, that chain's been broken. Don't pick it back up. Let it lay. Let God handle it. He's rescued you, so don't go back to it. So back to the question, are you growing or are you complacent? And it sounds like most people are growing, which is very exciting. That's very exciting news to hear. People really want to grow. They want to know God more on a deeper level because God is good. He's got a plan for all of us. So that's all I have for tonight, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, you guys hungry? I know the smell is like, wow. <laughs> all right, I just want to pray real quick, and then we'll have some dinner. Father God, we thank you once again. We thank you for your word and your message, your promises, God, to us. Pray that we can walk closer to you, God. We pray that we can let things go that may be slowing us down, or even toxic people for that matter. God, if they're in our way and they're supposed to go, let them go, God. So we just um, we thank you, Jesus, in advance for what you're going to do in our lives. We all love you, God, and we just do these things to glorify you, Jesus. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Oh, and thank you for the food and bless the hands that prepared it. Amen.